Welcome to the Movements Podcast. This is Steve Addison. We're in the second half of our interview at a restaurant in South Carolina. We've been talking to uh, Neil and Dean and uh, Clint about uh, their morning out in the community looking for persons of peace, sharing the gospel, uh, organizing to meet with folk in their home for Bible study. And uh, now in this second half, we're transitioning to uh, talk to Neil, who's the lead pastor at Element Church in uh, Shelby, North Carolina, and just discussing with him, uh, you know, as he and the guys go out in the community and encourage others to do that, uh, what what changes are occurring in uh, the church that he leads? Uh, it's a church of, uh, I think, four or five hundred people, uh, three different campuses in in the area. And uh, he's going to just discuss from the perspective of a lead pastor uh, what happens when um, they start doing the ministry of Jesus in the community. Uh, How does that change the way they do church uh, when they're gathered? And Neil uh, loves to talk about uh, God's people uh, scattering out into the community and uh, reaching others and then gathering uh, in homes and also gathering in uh, a larger celebration to just acknowledge what God has been doing during the week. So we'll go to the uh, interview with Neil Perry of Element Church. How did the journey start for you? Let me begin by saying I hate Jeff Sunday. You hate him, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, uh, 2007, planted a church in my hometown, a very small town, Um, attractional model, most definitely, Mm -hmm. using uh, upbeat praise and worship music and secular music or mainstream music at times to connect, to build a bridge. That was sort of the DNA. That's the direction we were going. Uh, and God did use that. Um, we began to grow very rapidly for our little small town. <clears throat> um, then I sat down with Jeff for breakfast and it turned into a three-hour meeting uh, just talking about discipleship. Uh, and reproducing discipleship, what that looked like in an international context, what could that look like in a western, you know, United States, Forest City, Rutherford County, Redneckville, Booger Holler, Sandy Mush area. Jeff, Jeff had just come back from Nepal. Correct. Yeah. Um, I realized and was convicted sitting there in McDonald's that somewhere along the way, I didn't realize it to that moment. I had made it about butts and seats, um, trying to grow a church. Jeff said some words to me. He said, Neil, the North American church, pastor and church, needs to needs to make a decision. It's going to be about growing a church or reaching a community. And that was that was convicted, convicting to me, even though I had a, always had a heart for evangelism, reaching the lost. That's what we were about. That was part of our DNA, you know, to be outward driven. Didn't think we would ever own a facility. We would always rent. Our vision was to be in the marketplace. Um, but I realized that day that I'd made it about butts and seats, not about making disciples. 
So we began to turn the ship. We were only two and a half years old as a church at that time. And how many, typically, how many people were um, attending? We had just bumped 600, started hitting around 600. And for our area, that's, you know, good for our area especially. For any new church plant at two yeah. and a half years old. Yeah. Um, we had just moved into an economically depressed mill village. Um, which was a major deal because uh, a 90-plus-year-old church went through a couple of church splits, a traditional Southern Baptist church, and called us. We didn't have a place to meet. Uh, the high school was giving us the boot, said we had to get out. And this... We're doing really Thanks. And this uh, church called us and said, hey, we, we believe in the vision God's given you. We want to be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission. Uh, there was about 40, 50 people left. They called themselves a remnant, and they turned over everything to us. Gave us $2.2 million worth of property, had an old traditional sanctuary on it, uh, an old school building that was the school and the church in this economically depressed mill village, and uh, just gave it to us, which is unheard of in our area especially. Praise God. Um, I never heard that. And so... God put us in that economically depressed mill village to to make disciples. So it all began to become more clear uh, to me that that's one of the things he wanted us to do was reach that community one house at a time. So our vision is to start a C4 group in every home in, in the shadow of the steeple. What's a C4 group? C4, when we first started as a church, we were C3, Element Church C3. stood for Celebrate, Connect, and Care. Celebration, large gathering, worship, connect, small groups, connecting to small groups, not reproducing discipleship groups. They were just small group Bible studies, cell groups. Um, care, that was our missions, serving the community, you know, serving evangelism component, uh, missions from Jerusalem to the uttermost parts of the world. Um, after this encounter with Jeff and encounter with God about making disciples, Jeff and I began to talk about it and in a brainstorming session if I recall right Jeff said man isn't C3 like an explosive and I looked at him and like yeah I think it is and being the intelligent guys that we are we googled it and uh, realized oh it's C4 C4 isn't is an explosive that seems sort of cheesy a little bit yeah. you know but we thought hey we need another C to communicate the vision of where we're going uh, Jeff the new piece of the puzzle. Yeah, the new piece, the making disciple component, reproducing disciples. And Jeff said, hey, internationally, the word catalytic and catalytic churches is a very a key word, or, you know, a big word they throw around. And he said, what about catalyst? And we were like, man, that's it. And then we began to talk about that, you know, they found that when these reproducing discipleship groups reproduce to the fourth generation, it becomes explosive. <coughs> So that was really everything we wanted to communicate to our body. The goal is fourth generation and beyond to reproduce to the fourth generation. So it will become explosive and begin to saturate lostness in our community here. And uh, so that's how C4 came about. And what do they do in, in a C4 group? A reproducing discipleship strategy, the T for T process. Okay. Yeah. Right. And we can, we'll link to all of that so there. T for T groups that are reproducing disciples and groups. So you've you brought that into an existing church. How how did you do that? Starting off, it was um, <clears throat> we did a message series. Uh, I was uh, pretty 
Gung-ho? Yeah, gung-ho, fired up. Hey, we're going to turn the ship. You're you know? uncharacteristically gung-ho. <laughs> yes, okay. yes. Uh, started off the next, I think it's a Sunday after I met with Jeff. Came up in front of the church and uh, put a pew on one end, a couch on the other, and wore uh, from the waist up, had a suit on, tie and everything, waist down, jeans and flip-flops, and began to preach a message about, hey, it's not about how we dress. It's not about the form, the building we meet in. It's, it's about saying, hey, church can take place on a pew. Yeah. No, I'm good, really. Top me off on water here in a minute. The church can take place in a pew or on a sofa in a home. Well, when I started talking about church and home, yeah. um, we started losing folks. Um, mm-hmm. Went down numerically, but went up in baptisms and salvations. <laughs> Um, but some of those people are migrating back. Um, so that was the, I probably could have did that a little more carefully, Mm -hmm. uh, a little more strategically. Uh, but now, Hey, I I don't know if I regret doing it or not, but, 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 uh, you, you cast vision mm -hmm. and and then what, what did you do that? To move from the vision cast into sort of walking it out for the church. We just totally went away from connection groups, which are small group Bible studies, and began to promote C4 groups. We even initially was going to make that part of membership. Uh, we still don't have membership right now, but it was going to be a requirement. It had to be in a C4 group, uh, but we backed off of that too. It's probably another one of those gung-ho moves. Um, so now we just, we've totally gotten rid of connection groups, and we've made it C4 groups, which we, we strive to make sure they are intentionally have a reproducing component but um, it's much more difficult than we thought it would be to keep them outward driven Uh, I would say most of our groups we've actually went down in number of groups um, and I think that's because they're not outward driven so we're trying to put some things in place some iron on iron, weekly iron on iron leadership training uh, this catalyst service we've recently launched uh, just trying to do some Intentional, intentionally organic components to get people uh, doing, reproducing discipleship because it's so easy for, I would say, the majority of our groups have become nothing more than small group Bible studies. The, the C4 groups? Yes. Right? Because there is no outward component. So we started praying about it, thinking about it. So we said, well, hey, let's help them find their who. Even though they have the who's in their context of where they live, in their oikos, we couldn't get them to do it. So right now we're experimenting with something called Jerusalem Project, which is the shadow of the steeple, about you know a mile around the church, saying, okay, every C4 group, we're assigning you a street. And so you're going to prayer walk your street. All we've said is prayer walk your street once a month. That's what we want you to do. Just loop 10, looking for a house of peace. Three groups really have done it effectively, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And, and so out of three groups prayer walking four times, we're, we have potential to be in eight homes. So great fruit, in my opinion. So. I think it's more like 10 or 12, really. Really? I do. And, and these homes are just a mile from the church yeah. building. I would say a quarter of a mile. Quarter of a mile. Some of them Rock over And a couple of them, if I remember Clint saying, have said, we don't, go, we don't do the church thing. So. Mm historical hurts, family, whatever it may be, but they, they, 
they're unwilling to go to church in this county. So you're getting your folks, those who are willing, to prayer walk just a stone's throw from the church, but the goal is to do the Bible study in their home, not to get them... I mean, you'd be happy if they came to the church, but your, your immediate goal is not to get them to come to the church, which is just a walk away. Correct. And why is that? Um, you might want to edit this. I don't care if they come on Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, because it's not working. Eighty. We live in Redneckville, Bible Belt. Eighty-five um, percent of our community does not attend church. Uh, the next county that we're trying to reach, Cleveland County, still still small, redneck, a little larger. Eighty-nine um, percent. There's ninety-nine thousand eight hundred people. Ten thousand people. It's on record. Ten thousand members. That's members in churches in Cleveland County. So 89,900 do not attend church. Uh, it's not working. So our goal is to say, hey, and Jeff says it all the time, it's, it's not the great come mission, it's the great go mission. So we're going and taking church to them. We're saying, hey, we're not going to have church, play church, or go to church. We're going to be the church. So we're taking church to their home. And if they come on Sunday morning, great. Uh, but part of me is not sure if I want them to because if we were a complex church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, I definitely wouldn't want them to because it becomes a distraction of them reaching their oikos. But because we're not, I'm okay with them coming on Sunday morning to celebrate what God is doing in and through the church Monday through Saturday. Okay, so what you're looking at then is, yeah, sun, the, sun, the services are celebrations, but the life and the action is in the community, uh, in homes, in neighborhoods, gathered around the scriptures, learning to be disciples. And that's what you care about. Yes. So if, if it's helpful for them to attend your church, that's fine. But what you really care about is making disciples and you're forming church in their world, multiple churches in their world. Yes. Okay. It's funny, we have a, where we are now, The it's an old church campus, so they have the old sanctuary, the old bell outside. Yeah, I've seen okay. I wanted to ring that bell. <laughs> well, and for, for over a month now, it's like I see that bell, and I just, for some reason, was sensing God wants to use that bell somehow. I know that sounds crazy. Well, we were outside talking one day, and and I realized, man, we just started this catalyst service, and we're going to begin to send people out. They come in for training on Sunday morning, and we're going to send them out. The bell used to mean to this economically depressed mill village, or when it was a thriving community, ring the bell, it's time for to come to church. It's time to come to church. We're going to now ring the bell, sending people out to say, we're, we're coming to you. We're bringing church to you. Well, in, in fact, I mean, you, you said it's sort of a mile radius. Well, that that might even be, you know, you you want to initially reach reach every home that's in that that's in earshot of yeah. that bell. Exactly. Yeah. Because it will happen. And it's going out. If it's a senior adult who's lived in that neighborhood for years, or a young couple who just moved in, like Nick and Kayla, the home that Clint's in. When they hear that bell, now they're going to go, hey, they're coming, mm. which is pretty cool to me. 
Now, your the uh, Element Church now has three campuses in, like you've just you've started up in Shelby, uh, as well as uh, here in Forest City. Are each of the campuses doing something similar, or is it just around the sort of mothership? Just around the mothership right now, but mm-hmm. um, we're getting ready to kick off a Jerusalem project area in in Shelby. Um, Shelby's different. Uh, there are more little communities, little developments where those C4 groups in those areas could prayer walk those little communities. But we're going to say adopt a street. If it's, in, if it's near your C4 group location, near your home, if you don't have that, then you can do- adopt a street in the Jerusalem Project area. But the Jerusalem Project is at mall, mall radius. Yes. Yep. Advice, yeah. advice for, for other pastors that would like to give this uh, multiplying discipleship and churches a go? Again, I I feel like there's definitely going to be some paradigm shifting and busting in their context, whatever it looks like. Um, but that needs to begin with them. Mm-hmm. And I think one of those paradigms um, that I had to deal with was embracing those words that God spoke to me through Jeff was, do I want to grow a church or reach a community? Mm-hmm. Do I want to saturate lostness? Um and so that's that's the first step. I think really being convinced, man, what we're doing is not working. Mm-hmm. And, and look at the statistics in their area, in their context, uh, and see. But making that decision to say, hey, I'm I'm going to begin to do this myself personally. Begin to do this. The other thing that comes to mind is is again, I don't know their context, but if it's looking. You know, there where they are and saying, hey, here's some people that I know would buy into this and begin to do it. And what do you mean by do it? You mean prayer, uh, walk, walking? prayer walking? To, me, that's, to yeah. me, if we had to go back, and I think we started there and just, I, I'm not sure mm. what happened, but just beginning there, just saying, hey, we're going to group, we're going to begin to prayer walk, live out Luke 10 and look for a person of peace, get in a home and go from there. And I, the lead pastor or whatever their context is and Jeff have been telling me this has to lead the charge in it the step we've taken recently I wish we would have done it before is for our, us a catalyst service because catalyst is that C4 component for us and so on Sunday morning during the 1045 our main worship hour taking one of our campuses one of our auditoriums and it is now a catalyst service. We still have worship, but we have we do the three third process in the service. Mm. So people uh, are sort of sitting around tables. Well, in yep. c- circles of chairs. Circles of chairs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we have worship. We've realized we all like it. We do worship, then we do the first third. Have worship to break that up. Have another third. Have worship, and have another third. And then sort of a sending out song, like something like go, go tell, go get them, you know, types. We'll leave the interview there. I'll post a link to the Element Church on the blog at movements.net. I'll also link to the following and fishing booklet that will give you some of the basics of uh, how to do what Neil and the other guys are doing in the community. Early January next year, my next book will be out uh, called What Jesus Started, and it will cover
cover these things uh, much more in depth, looking at the ministry of Jesus, how he trained the twelve, how he empowered the early church and Paul to do the same sort of things that uh, Neil and Dean and Clint and others are doing today. And uh, if you uh, get onto the blog and uh, order the book uh, before November 30, then InterVarsity are offering a 50% discount. So you can find all that at uh, movements.net. Till next time.